Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. I'm Delia Colon, and this is not the zest. While we're on our holiday hiatus, we wanted to let you know about another podcast we think you'll enjoy. It's called Tampa's Table. The podcast is produced by Visit Tampa Bay and hosted by Jeff Houck, who is a repeat Zest guest and co-author of the book, The Cuban Sandwich, A History in Layers. The podcast is a companion to the Tampa's Table cookbook, which is now out in volume two. Be sure to follow The Zest and Tampa's Table wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. I didn't know the powerful story of Madam Fortune Taylor and what she did until I was researching. I was like, hey, I really want this to be a purposeful place. I want this to be named after somebody who did something great in Tampa, who looks like me, who had, I know there's strong Italian history here in, in Tampa. There's strong, you know, French history. There's also a rich black history here as well. Welcome to Tampa's Table, A Culinary Journey. I'm Jeff Houck, I'm Vice President of Marketing for the 1905 Family Restaurants. And my guest today is Dr. Jamaris Glenn, welcome. Hi, how are you, Jeff? I'm very well. <laughs> um, owner, operator of 7th and Grove, yeah. The Roast Deli, yes. and Madam Fortune's Dessert Room. Yes, that's right. So I'm thrilled that you're here today. I am excited to be here, thank you for having me. My pleasure, so <laughs> the original title of this was gonna be Soul Food. Okay. but. I saw an interview with you. That's and right. You're like, we don't do soul we food. We don't do soul food. We do southern food. We do southern food. I yeah. wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we call our our food elevated southern cuisine. Um, I feel like soul food does come into that, but I feel like southern cuisine is just so much more of a culmination of many things and many cultures. Mm -hmm. um, so you look at you know the the West Indian culture. You look at uh, the Louisiana culture, like French culture and things right. like that, and all those like come into this really big melting pot that is Southern food. And um, although soul food definitely falls into that umbrella, sure. umbrella, we like to call ourselves elevated soul food. So. Well, you said I mean elevated Southern food. Elevated, so <laughs> elevated Southern. There we go. <laughs> um, the uh, the other thing I heard you uh, in another interview say is talking about you know there's a tendency to kind of put when you talk about soul food. There, there is no black monolith of right, black food. Absolutely. And you were just talking about all the different cultures that have different representations oh, under that. Oh, for sure, for um, sure. And once you kind of explore and find that, it's I always like to go and find one ingredient and follow it through various restaurants to see what they do yes, with it. Yes, yes. You know, and... and um, I'm wondering what your favorite Southern ingredient is. Well, my, okay, well, first I'm gonna touch on that, what you talked about, like just the different cultures and things like that. Like yeah. one thing I, I always tell people when I interact with them is how all these cultures like kind of merge together, right? We talk about French culture, even Asian culture and, and how that, how that uh, relates with West Indian culture. And you look at rice and the and Korean fried chicken and things like that. And so, you know, um, people from the, um, from the Asian culture taught 
West Sydney is how to make rice. And that is one of their biggest, you know, dishes that they have today. Sure. You know, black people taught Korean people how to make fried chicken. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, it's it a all, cultural it's, exchange. It's, it's, it's all a cultural exchange. Right. But my favorite dish, I would probably say, and it's a French dish. It's macaroni and cheese. So that is my favorite Southern Why do you dish. love that? Man. What makes that such is, a part of the Southern cuisine? I am a cheese fanatic. So give me the Gouda, give me the Havarti, give me the <laughs> cheddar, give me all of that. I um I love like the creaminess and it just like, it feels like home when you eat yeah, it. You know what I'm saying? Sense. Like I, you can have it by itself or you can have it with a protein or some vegetables, but macaroni and cheese, I mean, as a kid, come mm -hmm. on now, like my, you know, we used to, we can, we never, my mom, uh, rarely made it from scratch, but when she did on those Sunday mornings, right. it was like really like a special time, right? So we had it would be Easter or you know uh, the pastors coming home. I mean, coming to our house for dinner, and she would make this macaroni and cheese. It was just ooey gooey, and it just makes me feel like home. And I really love. I love eating this. It's favorite. very soothing. Yes. And I've seen Gouda on your menu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that sounds like, yeah. uh, I would like to have something good. Yes. <laughs> Go make me something, please. Yeah. So you were talking about childhood. You grew up and you're from Tampa. I'm born and raised. Yeah. Now, what part of Tampa did you grow up? I was, I grew up in East Tampa. Okay. So uh, I, I lived in, they call it the fishbowl. I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, all the streets are named after fishes. Right. <laughs> so I lived off of Tarpon Drive. Yeah, yeah, you can't serve tarpon on the menu. No. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But um, it was a great time, honestly. I really um was very much into my community. My father was a deacon of the church, and my mother was a hairstylist. She owned her own business for, um, still owns her own business for quite some time sure. off of Twenty Second and Hillsboro. And um, you know, that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, I I used to go to a place called Grandma Flossie's out there. Yeah, and I miss that place yeah. so much. And it's like there's something in me that I, I don't know if, who should. I'm sure everybody feels this way. But there's a point at which where, um, I mean, I like fine food. I love fine dining. I love being in a fancy place. But there's something about going to somebody's restaurant where it feels like human hands have touched it exactly and loved on it <laughs> yeah and you can almost taste the fingerprint even yeah. though that's not the right metaphor <laughs> um you can taste their signature of who they are of course and uh and there's there's a lot of that in tampa it, it sometimes turns over a little bit mm -hmm. um you know from various economic family reasons of whatever course. that is right. but when i latch into one i'm like oh my gosh i have to i have to come back here yeah you know? yeah um so you grew up in tampa it, East Ebor. Yes. Uh, yeah. um, I, I mean, sorry, East Tampa. East Tampa. Yeah. Um, what are your first food memories? Ooh, well, again, like I'm a I'm a church kid, so we used to go to uh, East Lake Mall, which okay. is now like Net Park, right? Right. But East Lake Mall used to have a Morrison's. And so I don't know if you remember Morris. I grew up with Morris. Okay, okay. So Pasad we're on the, we're on the South, same page. <laughs> South Pasadena. Yes. And all the waiters had their tuxedos. Yeah. And carry your tray to yeah. the table. Yeah. So we had them. We had them Morrison's and then like Luby's and Grandies, all these other kind of like Southern places. Yeah. And really, that was like the place that I absolutely loved to go to after church. You know, we I was I was in the Husky section right. as a kid. Sure. You know what I mean. But so yeah. I love to eat. Welcome like, to the club. All right. <laughs> so. um when I would sit there at church and, you know, obviously kids are so restless, but I could not wait until after church because that's when mom and dad would take me to Morrison's to eat Southern food. And so they would have like the fried chicken, the macaroni and cheese right. and mashed potatoes, everything that I love. You didn't and get the jello mold. I did not did get the jello mold. Okay. No, okay. It's, I mean, I, I was, I wanted something that had, that was calorie dense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can have that jello in the hospital, but, <laughs> 
But um, I, I I loved it, and it was with my brothers and sisters and people that I loved, and that was honestly that is the fondest uh, memory that I have mm-hmm. when it comes to my first experience with food, um, as well as my mother's cooking. Always my mom's cooking. So, what made you want to? Uh, take the career path because you went into pharmacology. I did. I did. Yeah. I always mm-hmm. loved service. I always loved helping people. Mm-hmm. And they actually are very closely related when it comes to uh, helping people with their medications, making them feel well, and actually dealing with food and how food can actually heal a lot of people when it comes to, you know, um, mental health and things like that. You know, you come in and, you know, may not be feeling the best. Mm-hmm. And when you step into Seventh and Grove or Madam Fortune or Rose, we want you to, f- we want to, you know, help you with that. You know, sit you down, talk about your day and over a good, nice comfort food. You sure. know what I mean? And so um, I'm still in the business of healing. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you went to, if I'm not mistaken, you're a Rattler. I am. I went to Florida A&M very University. Proud. Yes, so, very proud. So tell me about, because I went to FSU. Okay. I almost Across went to tracks. A&M. Okay, let's go. Because they had the journalism program yes. and FSU didn't. Yeah. And I really gave it a thought, went and toured and met with professors and everything like that. I love that. And, uh, and I realized my mom wanted me closer to home, so yeah. I went to UF. Yeah. But I was so impressed with the school. Yeah. And I had known people who've graduated since. What was it, that experience? Of, I mean, that's a very different part of Florida. Yeah, absolutely. And tell me about the, the food life while you were in school. Yeah, so, you know... Um, in, in high school, I went to Hillsborough I'm High sorry. School. I was referring to Florida A&M. I, yeah. I went straight to Rattler, <laughs> but I apologize for yes, the shorthand. No worries. Um, I went to I went to Hillsborough High School, which is a, a fairly diverse high school. However, I was an IB program uh, kid, and so there I was only the only black male in my class, right. and it was great. Um, I did have a, I met a lot of friends, met a lot of people, but I wanted to be submerged in uh, a culture and in an uh, environment to where. Um, I could see people that looked like me. Right. And so I really wanted to get into, um, go to HBCU and Florida A&M was my number one choice. And so I was, I went there and I actually was in the engineering school for a little bit. Um, so FSU and FAMU has, uh, they have their, their the same building. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I was like, this is not for me. And so I started to do pharmacy and then the food culture there was incredible i mean we had the orange room mm-hmm. you if you left the orange room and did not smell like fried chicken it was a problem <laughs> like literally everybody's like oh you went to the orange room today yes i did you wear it like a cologne yeah <laughs> there's like no ventilation why has nobody invented that <laughs> fried chicken cologne i exactly. love it but like you you know smelling like green smelling like all this like yeah. incredible food that we absolutely love to eat and then i do remember um, this area called the set. We used to have a food truck there, and it was a vegan food truck, and they had the best collard greens oh, and imagine. the best vegan macaroni and cheese I've ever had in my you don't life. Always to have this to day. put a ham hock in no, it. No, I don't always need that, no. and that's the great thing about you know uh, uh, Southern food. It's like you said, it's not a monolith. We there are foragers when you know uh, during slavery, slaves would pick herbs and, and and different fruits and vegetables and things like that. It's not just, you know, fried chicken and macaroni and cheese. No. It's okra. It's, you know, string, uh, uh, vert. It's all these other types of things that we used to, you know, bring into our dishes. So. And, and the thing I love about um, the food of black culture, from yeah. what I know from my perspective, yeah. is that the history of it is taking the best of whatever 
was um, given, was given mm-hmm. or what you could make of the, the the leftovers or the scraps. That's right. And making something glorious out of it. And when you think about it, that's really the basis of French food, yep. which was all the nobility had the good stuff and then they had to make all these sauces to cover up how bad the leftovers that's were. That's right, that's right. And, and it's just about utility and 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 community. Yep, yeah. Um, so I know you said they're similar, but um, pharmacology... When did it come to restaurant? What was the light bulb moment for you that you needed to step out and make yeah. a big? That's a that's a big jump. It's a big jump, and it's also a big pay cut. <laughs> I mean, at least starting out. Sure. Um, and so you know, at the time, I I loved what I did, but I was just really burnt out, and it was in the height of um, um of COVID. Right. So I was actually uh, working my job and building my restaurant at the same time, and I was just falling in love with my restaurant and what I wanted to do. And, you know, uh, with pharmacy was great, but I was just burnt out. It was very high pressure on. And as I'm, I mean, they whispered about it a little bit, but there was a big it, it was a big weight on the healthcare community, uh, nurses, doctors, pharmacists, LP, LPNs and CNAs and things like that. And so, um, you know, we were just given so much responsibility and things that, you know, testing and vaccinations. Sure. And it was just a heavy weight that I just couldn't couldn't continue on. with. So when somebody looks at restaurants as being. Uh, more restful. I've never yeah. heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> so I can imagine how intense it was. And on an all seriousness, Absolutely. it's like it's like, oh, where where do I go? Well, I go towards something that feels warm and human. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's what I really wanted to do. And even though COVID hit the restaurant business really hard as well, it was a different thing because this was a passion project for me. Sure. And so when it's your passion, it's like fight or flight. You know what I mean? And that's what that's when I I really fell in love with what I wanted to do. So Seventh and Grove. Um, tell me where the name comes from. Yeah. So, okay. So, <laughs> please. Yeah. Of course. I, I said I should say please. I'm no. sorry. That, that <laughs> was fine. rude, no, rude, no. rude. No, 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 no. I don't mind. Tell me, no. <laughs> Doctor Glenn. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but I um, <laughs> we I would go to New York and Atlanta and uh, DC and. They just have these really catchy names, you know what I mean? Like this and this, this and this. And I wanted something that represented Tampa and also represented what I wanted to do. So, you know, there's nothing more historic or, or more of a landmark than 7th Avenue in Tampa, Florida. And so, uh, and we were on 7th Avenue, so I said 7th, which is perfect. And um, my partner, she loved the name The Garden, and I hated that name. I thought it was super antiquated and like, like you know, like kind of like Golden Girls, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a place where they would go and like, you know. Just name it Sophia's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Sophia's. Or, but, um, so I was you like. You don't know this about me, but I have a, a t-shirt shirt where it lists every name of the golden girl in helvetica like uh like quest love wears the helvetica yeah, yeah i am a golden okay, girl so which one's your favorite come on it's rose is it oh, okay yeah. so mine is dorothy i love and when i cynical. get frustrated i drop into swedish and make up some sort of swedish where like fleur or something. <laughs> i interrupted your great no, story no, it's cool <laughs> so we couldn't go to so garden we couldn't, i hated the word garden right. but uh um, I was looking at different uh, words and I loved the word flourish right. and um, I wanted it to be a place where uh, they would come in and you would see aesthetics like, you know, plants and foliage and things like that, but also flourish, meaning you can actually be who you want to be and become who you want to be a- in this space. And, and there's so, a three word um, tag. That's right. Eat, vibe and flourish. Eat, vibe so and flourish. That's where we got the word growth from. I was like, yeah, I love the word growth. It just... It's, you know, one syllable. It's very straight to the point. Seventh and Grove. So I, I've watched that corner for a long time because I literally work across the street yeah. over the 1905 family. Yeah. And I saw what went in there and I thought, boy, I really hope that works. Yeah. 
and not not that you it and wouldn't, me too. not you that and, it wouldn't, you and me both. But, but it had sat there for so long and waiting for the right vibe. Yeah, yeah. And vibe is huge in the yeah. You know, I, I I joke about it and I say, you know, Miami's Miami, yeah. Orlando's Orlando, but Tampa is Florida. Yeah, the heart of Tampa is Ybor City. That's right. You take Ybor City out, right, and it's just a nice place on the water. Yeah, and and but that's where its its vibe is and its history and its feeling. And you're right there on the main artery, absolutely on the corner, yeah. like the bow of a ship. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, tell me a little bit about when you got underway. A little bit about how you came to the menu. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your partner. Yeah. Um, you know, talk a little bit about if, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Yeah. My please and thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about if you don't mind how you put the menu together and came up with that first launch. Yeah. Well, me and Kalia, um, we really sat on it for a little bit, you know, but we we said, listen, this is something that we've always wanted to do and how are we gonna execute it? You know, what kind of dishes do we wanna create in our menu? What do we want, what is the story that we wanna tell, right? So um, as a kid, and I've, I've kind of told this before, but like I would walk home from school and I would re almost reach my house, but I could hear like, Anita Baker playing from my mom's house. Bring me joy. And then this, yeah, that's right. And then the smell of even Michael Bolton, you know, uh, Soul Survivor, you know, things like that coming from um, the house as well as smells of different foods that she cooked. And um, I told myself, you know what, if I ever create a menu, I'm going to name each dish after a song. And oh. so that's what we did. So uh, it's a playlist. It, it's yeah, not a menu. It's a, it's a playlist. It really is a playlist. Um, we have the Let's Stay Together. We have the Rock the Boat. All these are. I great. wondered if that was the Hughes Corporation or not when yeah. I read that title. <laughs> I had the 45. That's how old I am. Right. I had the 45 from my grandmother's jukebox. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted to put those things in. And also, food that makes sense. So, like the Let's Stay Together is. Uh, the foundation is macaroni and cheese with a mound of um, braised collards and fried chicken with a hunt. Well, you watermelon. have to have greens because it's out green. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. See, See you I get, get it. it. You get it. I know. We just don't stick a name on there. No. <laughs> it well, has purpose. Reverend Al will be calling saying, give me my money. That's right. <laughs> and we'll be like, oh, we'll call it Let's be there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Michael called. Got to be there. No, no. So you were you were vibing even through the titles of the of the menu. Yeah, That's even through awesome. the titles of the menu and how we designed the space and what we wanted to do with the space. Um Kalia and I put our heads together and we just executed. She does a lot of the operational stuff. I do a lot of the marketing sure. and um design and, and things like that and how we want to kind of like introduce ourselves to the public. And she uh and her and I have just we just been two peas in a pod. Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. From the time you opened till now, obviously you have other concepts and we'll talk about yeah. those. Um, tell me how you've seen um your demographic grow yeah so when we first uh when we first started out it was very slow <laughs> but people were excited to see us you know so we got a lot of friends and family and both and i think i think also what helped was both of us are from tampa florida and so uh a lot of us 
we were doing things before this, right? Different events. Sure. We, I used to do like little supper clubs. She used to own her own smoke shop and oh, barber cool. shop. So we would come and uh, come together and do all kinds of types of things together. So, you know, we hit up everybody we knew and we're like, listen, we want to share this with you guys. They hit up the people they knew and it just, it's just been growing. And the crazy thing about it is, um, and I say this a lot and I don't want anybody to get offended, but we are not a kid friendly place. <laughs> we want this to be for adults that, you know, you can leave the kids with grandma, grandpa or, you know, with the sitter and come and really, really decompress. Um, so we don't offer a kid's menu or high chairs or booster seats. Children are allowed, however, but uh, they'll have to share a meal with yours. I get it. There's other places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to be kind of like more of an adult friendly place where you can just kind of like wind down, decompress, no stress, nothing. And so, um, and that's how we started. And then, and then it's almost like the Columbia in a lot of ways where it's like you, as you grew, you took over the next space and the next that's space. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the thing I noticed is after you got the, the restaurant going, you opened up that yeah, sort of area easy. that has a, 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 well, the bar oh, area yeah, the bar. Mm -hmm. and that expanded a little bit yeah. and it's like, oh, okay. And then I noticed, you know, that it, the, the face of the restaurant was sort of changed by the hour. That's right. It's like the later in the day had a different vibe That's than right. early in the That's day. Right. It's a great lunch spot. Yeah. Um, but then later on it's a gathering yeah. spot. Yeah. Yeah. And I, honestly, I always say that you will not change Tampa, Tampa will change you. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it did. Like Ebor City is such a melting pot of different uh, personality. It's just like, you got, you know, you got uh, just so many people, Any anybody you can think of. You got the goths, you have, you know, the LGBTQ uh, mm -hmm. uh, community, you have, um, you know, women, you have men. It is, I mean, different demographics, different ages and what they want to do and what they want to do at night in Ybor City oh, is yeah. bar hop oh, yeah. and have a good time and drink. And so um, <clears throat> that's kind of like how we created our, our, our space. It was supposed to be like a kind of like a cool lounge and things like that. And it did not, it never, <laughs> it never made it. <laughs> Tampa will change it exactly to what it wants to be. There's a thing that you think of and then Tampa takes over and says, I like it, but this is how I want right. to use it. <laughs> They're like, hey, Tampa's like hold my beer right so um <laughs> so we're like cool and you know we kind of catered it and and tailored it to what we wanted it to um to be you know with certain uh uh things that we wanted to implement sure but um yeah yeah it's it's been people call it a nightclub sometimes you know and that's kind of like what it evolved into it was sure. never going to be this the space for that but um, it's been great. The brunch vibe is insane uh, on Sundays and Saturdays. Tampa we do loves brunch. Yeah, we do a drag brunch, which is really cool too. And so, you know, uh, it's it's just evolved, and and we allowed it to kind of like be, and that's what that's what it was. So. Well, um, when I heard that you were making a speakeasy, yeah, right next door, it's right. like the, the conquest <laughs> continues. Yes, uh, you're like the Tyler Perry of 21st. That's right. You know? Just keep going, keep going. That's right. No, you're on 20th. I'm Sorry, I yeah. apologize. Um, but when I heard it was Madame Fortune's dessert room mm -hmm. and high-five parlor, mm -hmm. I just thought it's genius yeah. because I knew of Madame Fortune um thanks to our mutual friend, Gloria yeah, Jean Royster. That's right. And and how you know she was a um, a free a freed slave yep. who owned property downtown part of which was used to build a bridge across that's the right. hillsboro that's right and as gloria jean says you know she 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 was the bridge yeah she was and so when you're going and tapping into that history of tampa for the dessert room what was your thought about how the roast deli would be the yeah. front and then the door opens and then yeah. there's the speakeasy yeah so we had uh, so if you i don't know if you remember but 
that was Sunday's Deli. It was. Uh, and Dave Sunday was, um, he had that property for quite some time. And just talking back and forth with him, he also experienced burnout, you know, and he wanted to do something different. And so we're like, oh, he's like, hey, if you guys want this space, it's it's yours. You know, we had no idea that we were going to be conquering 7th Avenue. <laughs> but um, he allowed us to do that. And so kind of as an homage to him, we I was like, this would be a great speakeasy. I fell right. in love with speakeasies, right. you know, and we have some great ones here with Ciro's. Well, it's just a history of it in Tampa. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 It's a speakeasy town from way back. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And so um, I was like, man, this would be a great speakeasy. We'll do the front. We'll make it a deli slash bakery, kind of as an homage to him right. and also, you know, put our, our twist on it. But also when you, you know, move this door, you come into this beautiful space to where you can enjoy great food, but also excellent desserts and cocktails. Um, and Madam Fortune to me, um, I actually learned about Madam Fortune not maybe a little bit over a year ago. Really? And I'm a Tampa native and a lot, I would drive on Fortune Street so many times, you know, and I didn't know the powerful story of Madam Fortune Taylor and what she did until I was researching. I was like, hey, I really want this to be a purposeful place. I want this to be named after somebody who did something great in Tampa, who looks like me, who had, I know there's strong Italian history here in, in Tampa. There's strong, you know, French history. There's also a rich black history here as well. And I wanted to name it after someone. And so I looked, I was just kept researching, 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 found out about Madam Fortune, fell in love with her story. Um, and contacted Miss Gloria Jean, who is like the historian of all historians of Madam Fortune. She did her walking tours yeah. and everything like that. And she um, literally wrote the book. Yeah, she literally wrote, wrote the book. And when I tell you, she, she, uh, I contacted her. She contacted me immediately back. We sat there for maybe about three or four hours, and she just poured into me like she was my grandmother or my aunt or you know my best friend and i'm just like so grateful to her sure uh she gave me so much information and um that i use today in the lounge and um so when you walk in um there's actually um now there's th this glass that we actually have the madam fortune bridge uh etched into and um we will see citrus around the area. Her and her husband were very big citrus farmers. Right. We incorporated that into our desserts and in our cocktails. And um, we're just really, really proud of it. Well, I know Gloria Jean is over the moon about it. Yeah, man. She's as proud <laughs> as, it's like, she's like a mother to it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. She is the mother. We actually have a cocktail named after her called the Gloria Jean. And it's the spicy one. Oh, <laughs> it, 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 it would actually, have to be. We actually set it on fire. Because so. <laughs> she's a fireball, man. That is, uh, that is entirely appropriate. Yes. <laughs> I said, I'm not leaving until I name a cocktail after her. Because if it wasn't for her, I don't think it would probably be named like Bob's Burgers or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, uh, I have to tell you, I, I so I, I wrote a book about the Cuban sandwich, the history of yeah. the Cuban sandwich. And so I had to come over and have your Cuban. Yes. And you have an Afro-Cuban. Yes, we do. And I want you to kind of describe, if you don't mind, yeah. talking about the ingredients of it. I, I love storytelling through food and yeah. you do an abundance of that. Oh, yeah. But that thing was so soulful yeah. in a way that a lot of Cuban sandwiches aren't. Yeah, yeah. So actually that that name comes from Celia Cruz, right. who um is Afro Cuban. Right. <laughs> and I um 
I, I've always fell in love with the Cuban sandwich, as you know, and people need to understand that it originated in Tampa. Mm -hmm. Right, Jeff? Correct. Okay, thank you. I'm, this is all for the, all the people the one from Miami. everybody fell in love with yes. happened in Tampa That's first. Right. <laughs> Back when Miami was a town named Fort Dallas, That's right. we were serving Cubans. <laughs> Educate us. Exactly. I, I get on people all the time and they're like, oh, it's from Miami. I'm like, no, it's from Tampa. But um, <laughs> The struggle we, will always continue. Exactly. So I'm such a purist when it comes to certain things like that. I didn't want to mess it up or anything like that but we do add a fried green tomato on there as well um to keep it more of a southern uh feel um we actually use a remoulade sauce now too uh that is um that makes it just a little bit more more delicious in my opinion but um but there's turkey on it turkey also yeah um we still do the roasted pork and the ham as well the different cheeses so a lot of people don't know yeah that up until about the 1980s turkey was pretty standard mm. and it was even on the the uh, mixto before it left the island mm. uh, so you're doing historically accurate I stuff no there idea. <laughs> maybe not rem a lot no. but there's a lot of really authentic parts yeah. of it that really got me because i'm like a lot of people didn't understand that back on the island the sandwich wasn't i mean it was a mixto because because it was a mixture of everything yeah. that the island could offer because sometimes you might run out. It's That's an right. island. That's right. But turkey was prevalent, uh, obviously pork. Yeah. Um, but that jumped, and like I said, in Tampa, as late as the 80s, it was there. Yeah. So, but I it, never it knew that. so good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And so you much. use the La Segunda bread. So yes. Yeah, we do. So we don't, we, yeah, we, um, they're, they're a local spot that we absolutely love. And so, yeah. so for Visit Tampa Bay's new cookbook, Tampa's Table, A Culinary Journey. You have a recipe in there. I do. What Two. recipe are you doing? Uh, so we are doing, um, first it's called The Dive-In. Uh, mm -hmm. And that is, um, we. Um, for those who don't know who are not from Tampa, we use a crab shallot sauce, um, which is kind of like a tomato based. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we put a lump crab in that and mix it into a pasta. Uh, and then it's topped with a fried catfish and some, some uh, grilled and sauteed shrimp. That's pretty much the the gist of it, but it's absolutely delicious. So we wanted to do a play on catfish and spaghetti, which is kind of like a northern thing. And so we're like, no, catfish and pasta, but we're gonna make crab shallot. Sure. And so we did that, and um, it's it's a crowd favorite. Uh, and then the other one is actually from Madame Fortune, which has more of a Caribbean uh, feel to it. And that is a dish that I grew up with. My mother's Guyanese. She's from Guyana, Guyana South America. So um, it's the oxtail pepper pot. Oh. And so that is, it's, I mean, it is a, it is my favorite, one of my favorite dishes of all time. But you have these tender oxtails that's kind of like dancing in this it's like a jus, but it's a little bit of oil based. That's why people are like when they first they know of oxtails, but they don't know a pepper pot. Right. That there's a there's this jus. Like they're like, oh, this is kind of oily, but it's trust me, trust the oil <laughs> and um, surrender to it. Yeah, surrender to it, and it has a spice to it. it has Scotch bonnet in it, and it also has cosreep. And cosreep is a like kind of like a syrup that comes from uh, the cassava leaves um, that gives it this darkening, browning, and kind of like almost sweet taste uh, but there's also spice to it and then we serve that with rice and peas and um bust up shot roti which you dip in the oil and it is it's just delicious that sounds magical it's wonderful it's my favorite dish if i'm not off here it's not because i'm not interested it's because <laughs> i've had i have food coma now before i've ever <laughs> before eaten, you've it. eaten it yeah. that recipe should come with a sleep number there you go and listen i never finish it i'm a big guy i never finish it i'm usually knocked out well now i have fun. to accept the challenge <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're brothers in magnitude yes, here. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, so when you go home, 
what is the comfort food that you choose? Do you cook at home? Are you, we've asked a bunch of guests on the show about what they do when they go home. Cause everybody has this fantasy. Like if you own a restaurant or you're a chef, you go home and you do these elaborate sous vide, cryovacs and all that stuff. What do you do? What's the food that you enjoy when you go home and you want to comfort yourself? Yeah. So, uh, it's definitely, I definitely don't cook. (laughs) I choose not to cook. Um, I'm a big foodie at heart before I even started my restaurants. I fell in love with, um, all types of restaurants here in Tampa. Um, I, I mean, I absolutely love them. Even like Barter House is one of my favorite restaurants right. here in Tampa. And they're in Ebor, um, further down. Yep. Uh, so I'll grab something from them. Um, they have like the best cheeseburger to me. And so I always eat that cheeseburger there. Or I'll go to um, I'll go to something easy like a, a, um, Fresh Kitchen. I'll grab me something from there. Um, but if if I'm I'm like a turkey sandwich type of guy, I'm like a grilled cheese and tomato soup. It tastes like home. It tastes like home, you know, and why not? And so I'm so, usually I stray away from uh, Southern cooking though because I do so much at my restaurant. Sure. So it'll be something different, maybe Italian, Mexican, um, definitely Mexican. (laughs) So what do you see for the future for for both you and your company, but also for Tampa and food? What is it? What is it? Because we talked about, uh, you know, it's been five years since the last edition of, of Tampa's table. Right. And so much has changed in that. Yeah. What do you see for the future? Yeah. I, I'm i excited. I'm really excited about the new wave of restaurants that are there. I'm excited that Tampa is getting these Michelin nods, um, which I think is, is really, really great. And um, I, I foresee uh, Tampa being one of those food hubs, you know, that people can go to and have great food in right. Tampa. Um, there's so much more to Florida than, you know, key lime pie and things like that which we love it but you know tampa is just it just has it's literally like like i said so many cultures all in one and um we you can experience that here unlike a lot of other different places you know you know if you go to california you're going to be heavy into asian mexican food culture you know if you go to louisiana you'll be in the heavy creole and french culture but in tampa i mean you got the Cuban culture, you have the Italian culture, you have the black culture. And so, you know, I'm excited to see what comes from that. Uh, as far as Seventh and Grove and Madam Fortune, um, just expansion. You know, I love the restaurant industry, but I would love to get into um, more the um, hotel side of hospitality. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, um, you know, definitely creating, uh, rehabbing a motel or, you know, um, doing maybe like a bread and bed, bed and breakfast um no, i would like have that. bread and breakfast too, yeah. <laughs> i have bread for breakfast I got, there's your new name yes <laughs> so those types of things are really important um call I, I, segunda they'll do a hotel exactly, absolutely right go. across the street <laughs> but i would love to have a hotel with a restaurant inside okay and so um we you know and, and get more into that uh, arena. I definitely would love to expand to different cities throughout Florida and beyond. Um, we're looking at Orlando right now, um, St. Petersburg, and uh, other places like Houston and Las Vegas. There's a lot out there. There's a lot. And a lot of people who want to eat our food, which is really great. You so know, the, What you talked about, though, I think is so important. Mm-hmm. Because unlike a lot of other places like California or wherever, where people lived in their own neighborhoods, everybody worked together in the cigar factories early in the day. So there was a precedent set for everybody knowing each other, living among each other. Right. Uh, You know, everybody had their social clubs, you know, the Martin Maceo and the the Germans and the Spanish and the Cubans Mm -hmm. and the Italians. But everybody knew each other and... 
they flowed through the same circles. Yep. As opposed to being walled off and we can only live here and whatnot. And there was some of that in Tampa. Let's not yeah. be, let's yeah. not be ashamed yeah. of that is what it is, but that's how much has changed. Right. But the other part of it is, is that everybody influenced each other. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about Crab Shalau, which yeah. people from Tampa, who aren't from Tampa might not know, right. it's literally people taking chicken necks mm -hmm. on a string down to McKay Bay, putting it in the water, pulling out crabs and making something of what the water provides. That's right. <laughs> and then you pick out the meat, you put it in some sauce, Spanish use different spices than the Italians mm -hmm. or maybe the Cubans Absolutely. did. Absolutely. And then you put it on top of pasta and you have dinner for at least 10 people. Yep. yep. Um, you know, the, I've, I've been to Crab Chalau Feast that um, it, it felt like, um, I probably should have been paying double because yeah. it was that satisfying. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's very good. satisfying dish. Yeah. So I'm excited that people are going to see the cookbook yeah. and, and get the recipe and try and make it at home. I'm excited for people to try and make it at home too. You know, I don't think there's no no wrong way to right. make it. You know, we try to make it, uh, the directions as easy and simple as possible. And um, we just want people to enjoy. So where do you go for inspiration? Do you go to restaurants? Do you watch TV? Do you watch, uh, you know, any kind of instructional what is yeah. it that, that inspires your soul i honestly my mother <laughs> my mother i i i look at different dishes from her but also me and my um partner kalia we're we don't sleep like literally it'll be four o'clock in the morning and she'll send me something from instagram and be like oh my god let's do this and i was like well let's not do it but let's spin it you know and and do uh you know it something like it but we also travel to different cities sure and the first thing we do is check out a restaurant like Every day we eat out, we make sure. And so we order everything on the restaurant on the restaurant menu and we just try different things. I mean, I think we we don't have culinary backgrounds. You know, we're not classically trained. Sure. We just know what we love. We know food that we love and we want to eat and we want people to enjoy it. So we're always inspired by different restaurants and, and throughout Tampa and, and beyond. Um and that's pretty much where we get our inspiration from. And I'm, you know, um I I just I'm just totally like impressed with how uh you can manipulate food and, and make food into different uh dishes and different tastes and, and this is spicy this is acidic this is fatty you know and uh that's just something that you know we're just kind of inspired by and we just continue to uh implement in our dishes the search goes on the search goes on never <laughs> stops no never stops and i am a big chef show fan are you like, oh, do you have a gosh. favorite so well right now i'm obsessed with the bear um so yes. <laughs> the, the yes. have you watched the, the second season uh, oh, i have watched man. it twice oh really man that Christmas i can't scene, watch it twice right because it stresses me yeah. out <laughs> it is very stressful but that christmas scene for me it ranks up there with the godfather i'm not man, joking jamie lee curtis is a gem my wife and i looked at each other across the uh, across the living room and we're like what are we watching <laughs> and i looked at her and i go Emmy Award. Emmy Award, absolutely. But The Bear, I'm obsessed with. Um, I loved all the chef shows. Uh, Chef's Table on Netflix. I've yeah. seen every single one. Yeah. Um, just about their story. It, I mean, food is the biggest uniter to me. It is, I, I can speak a different language. You can speak a different language. But if we got a plate of food and it's good and right. we're eating it, we speak the same language, you know? And so... Um, I just really love the story that food tells. There was, um, there was a point when the Republican convention was in town. Yeah. And I was assigned to go out every day and find out where people were talking about. Okay. And I went to a place called Tampa Love Chicken and Waffles. Yeah. It was way, way, way up on Florida. Okay. And I sat there and there was uh, uh, a father and a daughter 
who were white over here, yeah. and then there was an AAU basketball player and okay. his girlfriend who were black, yeah. and they're sitting in a place with, with chicken and waffles, and the point of my column when I wrote it was, if chicken and waffles can bring us together, That's right. there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> Food, food is the bridge. That's right. Food is the bridge. And, um, you know, it, 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 did they have a conversation? No. Were they sitting in the same room? Yes. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, exactly. You got to get in the room first. Of course. Of course. So I just, I, I love the way that, that food is a binder. Yeah. And uh, and now I have to come and have oxtail. <laughs> See, oxtail, here's the, here's the great thing. Oxtail was one of these things that used to be cast off. It used to be inexpensive. Absolutely. It used to be cheap, like Brussels sprouts. Yes. And then somebody figured out how to make it right, right or make it in a way that was authentic. Yeah. And now it's like prime rib. Now, now yeah, it's make oxtails cheap again. I had, I, man, that'll be the next shirt. I'm going to stop wearing the Golden Girls shirt. Make oxtails cheap. I'm going to make you one. Please. Absolutely. Uh, I had it last week at a Jamaican restaurant yeah. and just fell in love with it all over again. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, why is this so expensive? It's I would so make this expensive. all the time. It's so expensive, man. Yeah. And it's a sauce that really gets you. You put in that rice, Oh, it's over. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being the guest. I had so much fun. Thank I'm you. looking forward to seeing the recipes in the book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make sure you cook it. It's going to be delicious. Absolutely. I'll be back soon. <laughs> Thanks so much. So keep an eye out for Tampa's Table, A Culinary Journey. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed Tampa's Table. Thanks to Visit Tampa Bay for sharing this episode with our listeners. New episodes of The Zest will start up again in the new year. I'm Delia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. Our social media and web guru is Alexandria Ebron. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media. Copyright 2023, part of the NPR Network.